Hi, everybody. My name is Erin Reese. You know me from erinreese.substack.com, where I write about matters of truth and consciousness, astrology, creative writing, and other inspiring topics, hopefully. And today I'm here with a guest astrologer, Ellen Mangan. Hi, Ellen. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Um, I wanted to have Ellen specifically on my podcast slash Substack because I've been following Ellen's podcast slash Substack for about a year, I guess it's been now, right, Ellen? You've had that up? Yeah, pro yeah probably that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. And Ellen writes at astrologyjournal.substack.com. And she has been walking with astrology for over 25 years about the same as me. And she writes regular columns and offers audio and video interpretations regarding the transits and other things that are going on astrologically. Um, Ellen's primary influence is evolutionary astrology. Would you like to mention what evolutionary astrology is? Sure. Uh, evolutionary astrology is just looking at the chart through the lens of the soul. And we start with Pluto. Pluto represents a soul. And that's really what it is. Right. And that's that's great because we will be talking about Pluto today with regard to the charts that we're going to discuss, the chart we're going to discuss. I've been particularly touched by Ellen's work and writing as she's doing some of her own individual research on using astrology to explain human development phases and skip steps. And that's actually tying in directly, indirectly to the theme of our conversation today, which is the combination of the upcoming new moon in cancer, which is on Monday, July 17th, coming up. And at the same time, just an hour and a half later, we have the ingress of the moon's nodes into the North node into Aries and the South node into Libra. And at the time of this ingress and new moon, it creates a T-square, right, Ellen, with Pluto in Capricorn, which is retrograde in Capricorn. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's actually a, a whole grand cross, all the cardinal signs are involved. Um, Okay, uh, right. Let me bring up that uh, chart for a moment. We can take a look together. Can you see that one, Alan? Uh, yes, now I can. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So we see here at the top, and this is a chart for Washington, D.C. on the East Coast. We have the moon and the sun conjunct at almost 25 degrees Cancer. And that is opposite Pluto at 29 degrees Capricorn retrograde, and it is in a square. Actually, it's a grand cross with the moon's nodes, which would be at what, what is that making there, Ellen? Is that making a, yes, because it will be 29 degrees Aries and Libra. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a cardinal cross. That's uh, at least that's how I'm reading it. And I'm known to make mistakes, but yeah. <laughs> well, I think the tricky part here that I always get turned around with is that everything in astrology is going one direction. Everything moves from Aries to Taurus to Cancer and so forth. But then we have these nodes that actually travel backwards. So right. we're shifting out of Taurus where we've been for 18 months 
And on the 17th, we're moving into Aries, 29 degrees Aries at the same time of this new moon. And the nodes will stay in Aries and Libra until January of 2025. So for about 18 months. And what's interesting about that, and maybe Ellen, you could talk to us a little bit about the difference between the North node and the South node uh, in evolutionary astrology is that this is a transit, a long uh, 18 month transit that affects all of us on the planet. Right. Yeah, so the nodes in evolutionary astrology, the south node represents the evolutionary past of the soul, and the north node represents the evolutionary future of the soul. And Pluto represents kind of the soul right now, kind of uh, directing what's going on. And so we have the evolutionary, we have the south node, that's where we came from. Uh, and then where we're going to the growth, kind of the growth trajectory is that North node. And this is from a soul perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're moving away from Libra and we're moving toward Aries. Is that how we would look at it? Yeah, in a way, but I like to think of the South node as it's our evolutionary past. So in a sense, it's our foundation. So we don't want to leave it behind, but we also don't want to get stuck in it. We want to use that as our foundation. We want to find kind of the healthy parts of that as our foundation and then have that as a platform and then stability that allows us to continue to grow towards that North Node. And one of the things that can happen is we get kind of afraid of the growth because we don't know what it is and we're a little afraid and we can just kind of use that South Node to uh, go hide in, you know, and, and not do the growth. So, um, so it's just a matter of, learning to work with both of those energies. We have what's comfortable, we have our foundation, but we're always wanna be uh, continuing to grow and that North node represents what that direction is for us. Right, and one of the things that stood out to me when I heard you talk about this ingress a few weeks ago was at first one would think we're moving toward Aries. Uh-oh, Aries is the warrior. Aries is, you know, the I am, the ram, the seed. We're going to be moving into war and we're moving away from Libra, which is typically considered peace. Now that's just one superficial archetypal lens, right? There's so much more here. But what I heard you say that really stood out to me, and I don't even know if you remember saying it doesn't really matter, but that we looked at the courage to choose peace. Right. And since we are a country that is technically at war right now, this is something that's of great interest to me and also about us personally. How can we grow toward Aries, which is the I am, okay, and away from the Libran stuckness in the we, the we are, how do mm -hmm. we do that while being peaceful? Per se. What, what can you say a little bit more about that? Well, from an evolutionary astrology perspective, um, we can think of, so one of the ways that Libra can express it's so we think of it as balance and peace, but one of the ways from an evolutionary astrology perspective that it can, um, that it can express is imbalance. And so one of the ways we can work with that South node is in Libra is using discernment. That's also Libra. To if we're out of to determine are we out of balance and then looking into why are we out of balance because if 
we're out of balance, we may be more likely to do something more drastic like war to try to get things into balance or, or conflict or whatever. So and the other thing that I like to talk about with Libra in terms of that idea of development is Libra is ruled by Venus and uh, so is Taurus. And Le Venus is about relationships. So in Taurus, we're talking about relationship with ourselves. That's the foundation for Libra, we can say, at least one of the foundations. In Libra, we're talking about our relationship with others. So that idea of balance and imbalance, we can look if we're out of balance. One of the places we can look is our relationship with ourselves. And if that's, if, if that's out of balance in us, that could explain some of the out of balance out there. And so we can do some work in there and that can help bring the peace. And then that brings that Aries Libra axis also into balance uh, because Aries is about the I am and, and we want that fully present in Libra also. Mm, right, that, exactly. That yeah. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is that we can't forget that Libra technically rules the seventh house, uh, which is about partnership, yes, but it's also about open enemies. It's about open conflict. The twelfth house is, a court in Pisces, is more secret enemies, but the seventh house is open enemies. So to me, if we stay in the Libra or the shadow side of Libra, that is the uh, that can be the prolonged engagement, which can be worrying, trying to force the other, that's a Libra aspect as well, self and mm -hmm. other, forcing the other to adhere to our own values or to change the other. Whereas mm -hmm. if I'm in a healthy aspect of Aries, which is such an important sign being the, the, the seed of everything in astrology, I'm in my I am, which is another form of sovereignty, I am rooted, grounded, and centered. I know who I am. Now, that might be knowing who one is in terms of one's values, which is a Venusian aspect of things. But to me, knowing who one is ultimately um, is really about existence. It's about standing tall, almost like taking one's sword and being very clear about who one is without having to change, fix, or heal, or even help, or meddle in anybody else's business. I know who I am. I can see that I'm in my, what is that? I'm in my own dance space. You're in your dance space, or I'm in my own hula hoop. And um, to me, that, that made me feel really good to see Aries that way. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful, I love the idea of meddling as a sort of a dysfunction of, of Libra. Um, and that makes, uh, yeah, so uh, we could talk about meddling as the indication, as a symptom of we're out of uh, right relationship with ourselves. So we're not in the I am present. So that would be the symptom. Um, if I can, there are a couple of things you said. Can I talk about those? Sure. So. One was, thank you, one was the, the idea of that, that idea of the shadow. And um, I was actually just listening to something a little earlier today and they were talking about, you know, uh, there isn't the good guy out there. You know, there isn't the good guy and the bad guy. It, that, it, you know, that doesn't exist. There's, we, we're all the good guy and the bad guy. And so 
the more we can understand that, the more we can understand that the shadow is in us too and focus on working on that rather than on trying to fix the person out there or war against the person out there. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that goes along with this is the idea of Venus. I think of Venus as symbolizing the mirror. So we have this idea of the reflection back. So if we're having a shadow in here, but we're not aware of it or acknowledging it, then we're going to see it out there. But seeing it out there is actually we're seeing what's in here. And so how can we understand what it is in here? It may not be, uh, you know, an, uh, you know, an exact uh, interpretation, but somehow it's showing us a reflection of ourselves and what we can work on. And the more we can become aware in that way, the more we don't need war as a way to solve our problems. Yes, absolutely. And I've got a couple of tangents there. I don't want to go off on them too much. But one thing that's very important is to see war for what it is and to name it clearly, that this is actually what is going on right now over in the Ukraine, as opposed to this abstract situation that isn't really connected to what's going on. But in order for us to for the energy to move, for us to actually transform or uh, evolve out of this horrible thing that is occurring, let's call it for what it is. It is war, it is war. Mm-hmm. And when we really take that in, that is, a facing of, that is a facing of the self, the larger self, capital S, that is, a, that is an apprehension of the reality. And in order for things to evolve, we need to be in touch with reality. Yeah, for sure. And I would add to that, it's not only is it war and naming it, it's a choice for war. Okay, let's talk about that. Can you talk about choice here? Uh, well, um, we are always making choices, even if we're, we're I'm, well, this is a big question, this whole question of choice, but we're always making choices. And are we making a choice? First of all, are we making a choice for peace or are we making a choice for war? If we're seeing war as inevitable, we're missing the boat because there are always more choices than that. Um, So I don't know if I can say, I'm not really uh, coming clear on anything now, but just the idea that anything that we do is a choice. We may be operating, this is so Pluto is choice, Pluto is in Capricorn. We may be operating from habit. So habits may be making the choices for us. So as a global community, we have a habit of going to war. So that can be, uh, we're just in the habit of making that choice, but we can make a different choice. Well, absolutely. And then again, we can come out of the Libra shadow. And this is not just pertinent to global affairs. Let's look at this in our own relationships with with others in our community, in our household, in our families, right? So we're not just picking on (laughs) on the international situation here. But when we look at shadow side of Libra, right, there's often this vacillation. That's one of the things that Gemini is known for, but Libra is known for is this non-decision making. And what happens when it gets so flippy floppy or goes unconscious and that there isn't a strong choice point, as you said, to me, choice is the, the willingness to stand for something, to stand, to stand, not to change, but to stand in, not to try to manipulate or change anything, but what is being stood for here. And so what I'm hearing you say is that there can be all of these unconscious choices or habits rather 
with the Pluto and the Capricorn, uh, which I'd love to hear more about the Pluto and Capricorn piece on that. Uh, and instead of being in this vacillation of like, well, we're kind of at war, we're kind of not, or we're working toward, we're, we're at war to pursue peace or whatever that might be, we're actually making a clear choice to stand for and have the courage, which is another Aries word, have the courage and take the risk of evolving for peace. One other piece of that, no pun intended, one other piece of that is I want, I, I, I would be um, remiss if I didn't mention my definition of peace. Hmm. Peace to me is not about necessarily peace uh, without war or conflict. Peace is about true peace, acceptance, and acceptance and allowing of what is. And when we are more at home with ourselves and our own relaxedness and truth, it does seem to, uh, let's see, I'm kind of losing my words. It does seem to be reflected in the fact that we have more harmonious situations on the outside. But the ultimate definition for peace for me is true acceptance and allowance of what is being at peace, no matter what the external conditions are. And that is something that I personally would stand for always as the I am in Aries. So. Yeah, that makes it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's beautiful. That makes a ton of sense to me. And uh, I would add on to that. Um, I think it goes along with what you're saying is that it, it you know, if we're going to talk about world peace, we can't get there if we're not each individually um, getting in touch with peace within ourselves. We each have to carry that. So we can talk about all these social movements that happens. It's like, why don't they last? And it's one possible reason might be because the individuals aren't doing the inner work. It's not really just about changing the systems out there. It's changing ourselves. And then that changes, that allows the possibility for the systems out there to change. I mean, this is very, what is it, uh, Gandhi, uh, be the change? I mean, that's very, it's a very mm -hmm. spiritual idea. It comes from within first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that idea of choice, uh, the choice is in a lot of ways to, um, that's sort of what I was thinking about, the courage to choose peace, the courage, you know, because we, what does that even mean? And we can maybe explore that. I think that goes to that I am question. So the courage to say yes mm -hmm. to peace, the courage to uh, be peace. And um, I mean, I know that I've kind of been, so this is a little bit of a, a drift, but I have a, a autoimmune issues and autoimmunity is a big part of our world. And the way that it's understood right now is that's the body attacking itself. So we have internalized this war in our bodies. And so, um, and I don't mean to, I'm not uh, meaning to say anything negative about autoimmunity and all of that. I'm just saying, this is one way to think about it and I'm working with it myself. But in a sense, it's sort of, we, we are, we have been, it's such a normal thing to be at war in our worlds and in conflict in certain ways that we internalize it in our bodies. So can we have the courage to look into that within ourselves and find where we're at war in our own selves, our own beings, our own bodies, and start to um, start to clear that up, you know? 
Um, and it and it's not about fighting with that. It's not about yeah, oh, I'm at war with myself. I'm going to be at war with me being at war with myself. So it's it's not like that. It's about how do we disengage from the whole complex. Yes, and so very very good. I love hearing that. And I also come back to Aries as keeping the focus on ourselves in a, in a healthy way, not in a selfish, self-centered way. Selfish is not a bad thing if it's really about health, if it's about keeping the focus on oneself. But when you were talking about the externalization of shadow, that until we do that work for ourselves, have the courage to face our own shadow, our own fears, our own demons, we will continue to see it externalized. I mean, this is, I hope, pretty obvious to many of my readers and listeners because I talked about it ad nauseum since 2020. <laughs> but with regard to, and and actually before with the, um, with the uh, election of, of Donald Trump, Everyone was very much freaking out. How could this happen? Yada, yada, yada. Whatever your opinions are about Donald Trump, we don't want to get too overly political right now. But obviously, there was a huge uh, crisis for many people that were shocked that that this person could come into power. And it was obvious to me that this was an externalization of work that we all needed to be doing on ourselves, for ourselves. And it could be seen as a positive because it gave us something very obvious to focus on in terms of bringing up the unhealed or unexamined shadow in the collective. And that's continuing to happen. It's always there. We can always see that whatever's happening, whether it's on the world stage or in our own homes, or maybe even as, as you were mentioning regarding illness. So just bringing that back into this war and peace axis that we're talking about with Aries Libra, I feel like we're doing a Tolstoy novel here. (laughs) (laughs) The war and peace axis. We can really see the importance if we want to see peace and not have children be faced with being bombed. I mean, let's be serious about that for a moment. In the real in the duality of this movie on planet Earth, there are some horrible, horrible things that are occurring. If we would like that to stop, let's turn within, keep the focus on ourselves, and see where we're at war with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that uh, uh, came up for me around that. Um, this one, I'm not sure it's going to go anywhere, but the new moon is in cancer. And so that's ushering yes. in this, that's ushering in this nodal eclipse. And when we thinking about um, the mother has been missing, you know, archetypally in our world, the mother archetype has been missing. And so this sort of base level nurturance has been missing in our lives. And we need that to be able to develop to, you know, to a certain level. And if we miss, if we don't have that nurturance that we need to grow through our developmental stages, then we're more likely to grow up and enter into conflict because we don't have that basic foundation of internalized nurturance within ourselves. So um, that's one thing I was thinking about. Um, and, I, and then the other thing is a little, it's a little bit different direction, but this idea, just getting back to getting into Aries a little bit more, something you had said, I can't remember exactly what, but this idea of 
when we think about Aries as the seed and the, it's just energy, it's energy that just kind of goes, it, 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 is, it knows what to do. It's not thinking what to do. It just does what's there. It does what's there to do. That's the Aries energy. And the more we can get the, the seed in the ground, for, so for whatever reason, it knows to sprout and it knows to go up to the surface and to break through the surface where the sun is, how, how it knows that, who knows, but it knows that. It's not thinking about it. It's just, it's given that. And we're all given what we need uh, to do what is there for us to do. But I think we've gotten, uh, you know, we've gotten conditioned away from that knowing and so how do we recondition ourselves or uncondition ourselves from that and uh, get more in, in alignment with that I am who we are? And I think from there, that that is a, a possible place from which peace can sprout. Because if we're all engaged in doing what's there for us to do, I mean, this, I, well, I don't know, I guess I don't know enough about, um, about uh, plants and all that, but I was going to say they're not necessarily fighting with each other, although maybe they are. Um, but there is something, I don't know, there's something very basic there, that it's just this I am presence. And if we can get, if we can kind of retract from all of our ideas and learn how to do this first, because this is our first foundation, and then we can expand out from there. So I feel like that's part of the call for us in this uh, this nodal these eighteen months mm -hmm. is to learn to just get back in touch with, you know, I'm doing it because it's there to do. I'm doing it because the energy has arisen. Mm. Yes, yes, that is beautiful. I love that, and that also is another point about moving away from, we're not moving totally away from Libra. I'm talking about moving out of the stuck parts or the calcified yeah. parts or the shadow parts. So please, if you're a Libra or you have Libra planets, or you're a fan of Libra, please don't take any of this personally. <laughs> yeah. So one, one aspect of moving away from Libra here is ending outdated or old contracts. And when I say that, because the seventh house in Libra rules contracts, I also mean that in order for there to be a conflict, there has to be a relationship. There has to be some idea of a contract, either a broken one or one that's being pursued. Mm -hmm. So when, when that dissolves, when it's not really an issue, you know, if the focus truly is on my dance space, my hula hoop, my garden, then I don't need to feel like I have to engage. I don't have to engage with the other in the same way. If the other is coming toward me, I may have a reaction. But if there's this idea that we have to somehow be in, um, let's see, what would be the word? I'm not sure if it's cooperation, but somehow. Maybe you can help me, Ellen. What is the what is the feeling that we have when we're trying to be in Libra? I guess we're trying to be in harmony with the other. Even that in itself can be an egoic pursuit, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, if we think about too, so Pluto right now is in Capricorn, and but it's it's doing this dance, you know, going back and forth into Aquarius. And if we think of, so Aquarius is about um, the community and we can't, how can we, the enlightened community. So how can we have an enlightened community if we haven't figured out 
our right relationships. You know, who, again, Libra to me is about discernment too. So if we're, um, and Pluto choosing, if we're, if we're continually choosing uh, to engage in relationships that are wrong for us because we have a habit of doing that or whatever, um, how can we as how can we create the communities that are going to satisfy us? And then if all of us are creating those communities that are satisfying us, in theory, we then have uh, more potential for this enlightened um, fulfillment as as a species or whatever. But uh, that's getting a little um, pie and you know that's getting a little pie in the sky but that's the idea so Libra is the is the the proving ground the the place where we learn how to how to do relationship and that then can build towards larger communities but I, I think does that make sense mm -hmm. how I was relating to what you were saying yeah that actually yes yes well it's whether it relates or not it's an important aspect of Pluto in its current retrograde in Capricorn. And I think you mentioned uh, to me personally that that has uh, given us an opportunity to go back and refine some of the structures and the foundations before Pluto finally, I believe in the beginning of 2024, is it? That it finally, or is it 2025 that Pluto finally uh, goes into Aquarius? I know he's going retrograde back and forth for quite some time. Yeah, and I think it's all the way through November. It may be... No, all the way through 2024, it'll go back in and out. And I think it's towards the end of November. Um, I, for, I forgot to write down the dates, but yeah, it's it's going to be doing it for for the next year, um, I think, for sure. Uh, right. Into close to, I mean, this whole period um, is very interesting because it's like it's ushering, I, I talked to you about this before, it's ushering in from a United States perspective, it's ushering in. The, the next president of the United States. All of this is kind of like a setup for the next president of the United States. And we don't need to go beyond that. I just think that's really interesting to think about. Um, and, you know, I don't really have any uh, political statements I have to make about that, but I just think it's really, really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And the one, uh, maybe this will be the, the last piece to wrap up unless you'd like to, to mention something else, Ellen, but, we talked before you and I about this this T square or Grand Cross rather with with Pluto uh, in the Capricorn related to this ingress of the nodes and these cardinal signs, and we talked about Capricorn. If we're only focusing on a dysfunctional aspect or an unevolved aspect of Capricorn, that a person or a nation or a community could reach the top of the mountain the Capricorn mountain building, 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 building. And all of a sudden one gets up to the top and looks around and it's not congruent with one's up-to-date values. Is that something that's related to you with these, this nodal shift too? Yeah, I think that it's about getting back to who we truly are. Um, one of the, uh, just quickly, one of the things I wanted to say, because thinking about that cardinal, cardinal energy is that cardinal cross. That cardinal energy is one step forward, two steps back. So um, that's something to think about. It initiates and then it's like, ooh, I don't know. And it, and it uh, kind of pulls back and then it, it goes again. So that's one thing to think about. But this idea of, um, yeah, this idea of Capricorn, the goat going up the mountain, it can be confused about who it is. And uh, as a compensation, 
go more towards the tradition, like the norms, the establishment. This is what this is what makes you somebody. This is what the society says is important. So you do that and you follow that. Um, you maybe need are in too much need of approval or praise. I'm a Capricorn, by the way, and I have lots of Capricorn in my chart, so I'm speaking from experience. So you may need um, uh, kind of get lost in the need for approval or praise. Why? Because the foundation of the entire chart is Aries. You don't know who you are. You mean so, Libra? Do you mean the foundation of the chart? Oh, because the foundation was, of the the foundation like, of the zodiac wheel. Of course, is Aries. Who am I? Right. And so, if we don't have that right, we're already set up for being out of, you know, whack, out of warp in uh, Capricorn. So we climb that mountain, doing what everybody do, doing the dutiful thing, doing the responsible thing, doing the thing that uh, the society has said is uh, worthy. And suddenly we get there, and we're like, I don't know who I am. I'm not happy. I feel isolated. I feel alone. Well, that's the signal, that's the symptom, that's the sign. It's like, okay, how do I get back in touch with myself? So there's always something you can do when you when you find yourself in a place that's not what you had wanted. It's like, it's just a matter of understanding what that symptom and signal is showing you. So Aries in the, the North Node in Aries, to me, gives us a chance to, to grow, to kind of return to who we are as a developmental uh, growth mm -hmm. trajectory. Mm -hmm. to reestablish that. Right. And, and I think we also talked before also about the, if the Capricorn ascent and the top of the mountain is leaning on the people pleasing aspect or the praise or flattery of Libra, because Libra mm -hmm. can get into that niceties. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're evolving out of relying on niceties. We're evolving out of people pleasing right? And praise. Yeah. Boy, that's a big one. Being addicted to praise. Yeah, that is a big one. Um, yeah. And I just would say also that it's climbing a mountain. There's nothing wrong with wanting achievement and success and all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just if it's not in alignment with who we are. If it's not our ideas of success, our ideas of achievement, if it's not actually who we are, if it's not the energy of who we are, if we're going for that praise and uh, uh, approval and uh, niceties and all of that, if we're doing all that, if we're doing it all for the wrong reasons, meaning the reasons that are out of whack with who we really are, mm -hmm. then that's when the mountain climbing becomes a problem. Right. So this is interesting. The Aries and Libra nodes are what is going, the, the, the shift and the evol evolution that's occurring over the next 18 months is also accompanying, as you've mentioned, but I want to reiterate for myself, this last touch-ups with Pluto and Capricorn, it's, it's happening symbiotically. It's happening at the same time. It's going back and yeah. forth. And, you know, here I am, you're the Capricorn, I am the Aquarius. So we're kind of right here on the crux, talking about the future, talking about cleaning up the past and working yeah. about how we can get to know ourselves. Who are we even more so? So we have a very solid foundation to step into the new. Yes, totally. And, and to the new president of the United States also in early 2025, right? This is pretty yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really interesting. Can I say one more thing? Yes, please. 
So the idea of Pluto going uh, going back into Capricorn, right now it's in Capricorn, this idea of retrograde going to, one way you can think about it is going back for something. So one thing that's been happening, Capricorn is all our societal stru structures, our traditions, all of that. Um, and Pluto just since 2008 kind of went through there and kind of like demolished the whole thing, right? And, but Capricorn is an essential, just like every other archetype in the wheel, Cap, there's an essential, something essential in Capricorn that we need. And that's some sort of structure um, to kind of give us a keel as we go through whatever we're going through. So for example, I have a, I have a body. If I didn't have skin and bones, I'd just be a bag of water on the floor, right? So there is something we need that structure. The question is, is it structure that's in alignment with who we are and helping us grow more who we are? Or is it um, kind of distorting us and taking us away from who we are? So Pluto going back into Capricorn, it already kind of went through and exposed everything. So it's like going back, it's like, well, what are the structures that I might need as we enter this zany Aquarian energy? You know, this this who knows what's going to happen, Aquarian energy, you know, we're going to need some kind of keel, you know, and that keel has to have to do with who we are. Mm -hmm. That actually is a really good exercise and maybe a nice way to wrap up uh, regarding that inquiry of who am I? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good question for the next 18 months. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's a situation that arises or a question, a decision, coming back to who are you? Who am I? And then from there, it might be obvious what the structure is that's needed, mm -hmm. as opposed to some outdated structure or some uh, super ego uh, influence structure, something that's being told to us. So this is an opportunity for us to, to make uh, conscious strides in our evolution. And to yeah. participate, to participate in evolution consciously, that sounds a lot more fun than having evolution happen to us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> take it back. Let's take right. it back. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. This has been a real delight. And I, I truly hope that this is uh, helpful to our listeners, your listeners, my listeners. And uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we close, Ellen? No, that's it. Just thank you so much. This was really fun. Um, and I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad you asked me to do this because, uh, yeah, it's just fun to talk about this stuff. So, yeah. Thank you. Well, we'll do it again. We certainly have more to talk about. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, find Ellen at astrologyjournal.substack.com. And we will see you somewhere out there. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, Ellen. Thank you so Bye. much. Take yep. care. You too.